In this episode, we continue our discussions on deep listening with Oscar Trimboli. All these Star Wars fans keep sending me Yoda dolls. That's what I want to do and make a belt buckle out of it or some boots. <laughs> nice. Our special guest today is Oscar Trimboli, podcaster extraordinaire from the Apple award-winning podcast Deep Listening, also an author and a highly sought-after keynote speaker. Welcome to Leadership Decanted, where we engage with the latest thinking on all things leadership, and we keep the conversation flowing over a nice bottle of wine. I'm still picturing KG. How you how are you going to kill this snake? That's all I want to know. I'm keen to know how know, he makes the belt out of it. It's a yeah, Texas thing. I'll have to take you over one day. We'll do it. Yeehaw. <laughs> it's a very Texan thing. Yeehaw. So, Oscar, a couple of things that you've highlighted just in these two, the stories around, in the story around Lynn, in how you explained the shortcomings of engagement surveys, for example. So, hmm. the story about Lynn is about listening to what isn't being said, more or less. What strikes me about the engagement survey shortcomings, amongst other things, is that it doesn't seem to listen to context. So those surveys don't listen to context, to the the local experience, which reminds me of what you talk about in your book, uh, Deep Listening, Impact Beyond Words, that there are five levels to listening. Do you mind walking us through those five levels briefly. Okay. If you're enjoying a glass of wine right now, now would be a really good time to either (laughs) fill up your glass or have a little bit of a longer drink. Oh, KG needs a refill. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Uh, Look, the the five levels of listening are listening to yourself, listening to content, listening for context, listening for unsaid, and ultimately listening for their meaning. And let's deconstruct each of those beyond the labels. Uh, The biggest difference when you go on to most active listening courses, the first thing they teach you to do is to focus on the speaker, and that's the wrong place to start. The first person you need to listen to is yourself because you've got the last meeting in your head, you've got the next meeting in your head, you've got your travel plans to sort out, you've got the garbage bin, you've got the shopping list, you've got the kids pick up, you've got all kinds of things that you're thinking about right now. So three quick tips to help you listen to yourself. And we know these three tips work because we've been tracking 1,410 listeners over five years who've applied these tips and tell us how much progress they're making. Tip number one, Tame the technology. I'm not saying switch it off. Use the technology. Don't let the technology use you. Actively mediate your notifications. I've worked in an industry and I know the psychology and the papers that are being used to make sure those red dots are in your faces, those beeps, those buzzers, keep maintaining your attention. Don't be a slave to the technology. Make the technology your slave. Be choiceful. Whether you use a Mac or a PC, whether you use an Android or an iPhone, there's a setting there that you can switch on that says no notifications while I'm in a meeting based on my calendar. If all we did was just switch that across now, all of you would have more productive meetings. In fact, 86% of the people in that 1,410 all say to us, that one tip alone gets them four hours a week back in their schedule. Tip number two, 
drink a glass of water every half an hour or have some vino, as you are in this case. <laughs> every half hour? That's, we have both. That's we have pretty both. generous. I like that. Tell <laughs> we, me why. We drink yeah. responsibly on this podcast. <laughs> we do. So a hydrated brain is a listening brain. Listening happens in the modern part of the brain, the prefrontal cortex. And most people, whether it's between lunchtime and the time they finish work in the afternoon, most people are actually dehydrated in Western workplaces. You should be drinking a glass of water every half an hour. How do you make that practical? Drink a glass of water before you go into the meeting and then on each half hour have another glass of water and that's a simple way to maintain the consistency. And as you'll attest, Paul and KG, I've been drinking water furiously throughout our conversation. I can attest. Tip number three, three deep breaths. The deeper you breathe, the deeper you listen. An oxygenated brain is a listening brain. Before you dial into the meeting, before you move into the meeting room, just pause, just take three deep breaths in through your nose, out through your mouth. Make sure you take it to the bottom of your lungs in between. Most people don't realize that you shouldn't be breathing in through your mouth. And if you do breathe in through your mouth, it's incredibly inefficient. So please, three deep breaths. Those three tips, I could stop the podcast conversation there right now, but that's that's the critical element. That's the foundation stone for everything on the next four levels. Level two, we're listening to the content. This is what we see, hear, and sense. What are we hearing? Words, sentences, stories, statistics. What level are you listening at in that? What do you see? It's not just body language, but it's the way they express language. Do they express language into they see it as a atlas laid out on the world? And then finally, what do you sense? Are you noticing the change in their emotions? Are you noticing when the shoulders go back? I pointed that out a little earlier on when KG had a thought about a particular topic. So they're the three levels we want to be listening at at level two. At level three, we're listening for patterns and context. And context, the ultimate part of context is listening for the backstory. Once you listen for the backstory, then you need to help them locate themselves in their own backstory and their location in the backstory. So it's not just the backstory, it's their place in the backstory as well. Too many people turn up to a conversation describing a problem like this. A quiz show contestant is being interrogated by the police. Or you could say... Jamal and Salim Malik became orphans at the age of five on the streets of Mumbai. As a result, they fall into the hands of a gang. But there he meets the love of his life, Ladika. And he knows Ladika loves the show Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. So Salim decides that he's going to work in a Mumbai call centre where he learns lots of trivia, which makes him the perfect contestant for the quiz show Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Unfortunately, he's too good. He answers too quickly and too accurately as a result. This quiz show contestant is being interviewed by the police. Now, both descriptions are identical. They describe exactly the same movie, but most people tell you the movie from where they're at in the problem rather than where it started. And if you can take some time to go and look at the backstory, listen to the backstory, hear the backstory, you'll help them think about the problem in a completely different way. The second part of context is listening for the way they describe things. Do they talk about the past or the future? Do they talk about internal or external? Do they talk about problem or solution? When you understand these, you can help them adjust their context. Level four, the Yoda level. 
listen for what's unsaid. Are you guys Star Wars fans? I have all these Star Wars fans keep sending me Yoda dolls, <laughs> but apparently this is what Yoda would say. He would say, listen for what's unsaid. It would be completely counterintuitive. Let me give you three really simple phrases you can use, and you would have heard me use them today. The first one is, oh, here's a little bit of a commercial from linguistics and neuroscience. If you ask a question with more than eight words, it's actually a biased question, quite possibly. It's a statement. So try and keep your questions to eight words or less. Mm. This is a good heuristic for you to use to go, is this question about me or is this question about helping the other person or the group to understand what I'm talking about? So those three questions that I want to point out to you all have less than eight words in them. Now, if you use these, I guarantee you're going to get more time back in your day because you're listening at a systemic level, not as a symptoms level. If somebody comes to you and says they've got a headache, the easiest thing you can do is give them a Panadol. But the reality is they might have the wrong glass prescription. They might have back pain that's being referred to the nervous system. There is any number of things that could happen when somebody presents you with a headache. Many of us don't take the time to understand a little bit more. So here's those three phrases. The first one, tell me more, three words. The abbreviation of that is say more. The polite version is please tell me more, but make it your own. Don't, don't be robotic and please don't lay these questions one after the other. It'll just feel like you're loading a gun with more ammunition. The second one is, and what else? The abbreviation of that is, and. And the last question is, uh, it's the most potent of all. Done well, it feels liberating for the speaker. And done poorly, it feels like intimidation. Here it is. Now, don't worry, nothing's gone wrong with the editing. It's no coincidence that the word silent and the word listen have exactly the same letters in them. So if you can practice those three phrases, you'll get those extra 125 words out of the speaker's mind. And then the last level, level five, is listening for their meaning. Jennifer was a stay-at-home former kindergarten teacher and her son Christopher had come home from school at the age of six and he was very excited. He said, mummy, mummy, today we learned maths and I learned that three is half of eight. Now, Jennifer thought maybe she misheard Christopher. She said, honey, could you say that again? Yeah, yeah, we learned maths today, Mark. Three, three is half of eight. And in that moment, she put her hands in her head, sighed out aloud and went to the cupboard and got eight M&Ms and lined them up like four soldiers in one line and four soldiers in another. She picked Christopher up and put him on top of the kitchen table and said, honey, count the number of M&Ms here. And he went, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Very easy. And she said, honey, how many are there and how many are there? He went four and four. She said, see, four, not three, is half of eight. And with that, Christopher leaps off the kitchen table, runs across the room, grabs a piece of paper, draws the figure eight on the piece of paper, folds it in half vertically, tears it in half and shows to his mum and said, mummy, mummy, you'll never understand. See, three is half of eight. And in that moment, Jennifer's world completely changed. By the way, zero is also half of eight if you're playing this game along at home as well. <laughs> but too many of us go into the workplace thinking we know the answer to everything where we haven't expanded our possibilities. What you don't know about Christopher is he's not neurotypical, which the majority of you may be on this podcast. And Christopher today is one of the world's most expensive bug catchers. 
And by that, I don't mean he catches butterflies. He works for one of the largest companies in the world, helping them solve bug problems inside software. Do you see the world as only four as the possible answer is half of eight? Or do you see the world as threes, zeros, fours, and whatever else is possible in a quantum universe going forward? When you listen at that level and you listen to what they actually mean rather than what they say, you can have a really big impact beyond words. So, Paul, that's the fastest I could do justice to the five levels of listening for you. Thank you. That Appreciate was amazing. That, that was amazing. And, and, and what I get out of it personally, and this is just the way that I think, is if more people, more leaders in our case, because mm. we're, we're all about leaders, understood the benefits that you get from having the skills, the aptitude for deep listening, then you, you'll reach your 100 million easy because I think the benefits really start to, you know, kind of almost promote it for you, right? Because right now, if you tell someone to do deep listening, you know, I hear all of the, you know, eye rolls and the, all that fluffy stuff kind of happening, um, probably happened in my case, you know, the first time you hear it, you go, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think when you articulate the what you get out of it and how everyone else can benefit from it, it really starts to elevate to much more than a fluffy thing. It becomes this can impact my life, my my day to day life in, in such a profound way. It's 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 hard to explain other than, wow, you know, and, and I'll stop there and just say, wow. It, it, it's really pretty good pretty good nice. i love it so oscar i've, I've heard you in the past because you've done quite a number of these sorts of podcasts i've heard you refer to listening as a leadership hack or one of the most critical of leadership hacks is that still a position you hold and if it is can you explain what you meant by that by the second decade of any leader's career in the workplace there's a 60 percent chance that they've had some kind of speaking training they call it communication, but it's just speaking training. How to speak with influence, how to speak with impact, how to speak with authority, whatever the case may be. And we know globally in Western workplaces, on average, 2% of people by the second decade of their career have been taught how to listen, 2%. So I'm only looking to move the 2% to a 3% back to our 100 million, right? So why I say it's a hack is because if you can zag where everybody zigs, if you can kind of approach something from a different direction, you will be leading rather than copying, duplicating or managing. So my encouragement to you is really simple. Think about the amount of time you've invested in learning how to speak effectively, professionally, influentially. Now just invest the same amount of time in learning how to listen and you'll start to fix and figure out more systemic issues than symptomatic issues. And what we know, and people say this back to us in our surveys, four hours a week back in your schedule. This is the currency that every leader trades in. And they all say they're in back-to-back meetings. Yet, what are they doing to reduce the amount of time? If you listen to what's not said, you get to the foundational systemic root cause issues much faster. But more importantly, you'll empower the people in the room to think about their own solutions alone and together so you can do more leading and less managing. So that's why I call it a hack. Why it really resonates with me is because listening is available to everybody. And 
if what you're suggesting is that if we, if we can approach deep listening in this way, then in whatever context we live in, whatever interpersonal relationships we have, if we can master deep listening, then we are exercising some form of leadership. It's not about the corporate leaders. It's not about the political leaders. It's about everybody. And that's the, the resonance that I'm taking from this and from your words, Oscar, that this phenomena of deep listening can transform us into leaders regardless of our work or our state or a class or whatever it might be. Love it. Well, shall we? I think we shall. <laughs> We've taken a lot of your time, Oscar, but it's been amazing. And you know what? You've shut us up, uh, which is really miraculous this- <laughs> in and of itself. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> but I, I think it was well uh, and, worth uh, it, right? <laughs> uh, look, here, here, here's something that's really critical for everyone to understand. Uh, it's a little hack. I think that most people are aware of. Listeners have significantly more influence on the speaker than they give themselves credit for. And when you do, you can have the effect that we've just had for KG and for Paul as well. It's not that we're shutting them down, we're creating a space for them to think more deeply about what they're trying to say. And in doing so, they can kind of get there in the end as well. Thanks for listening. Oh, it's been a pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time, Oscar. Too short, but every minute was quite precious. Yes. Filled us with so much good knowledge. And I feel like Yeah, we're in a different place. I feel like I'm in a different place with just the conversation and I can't wait to explore more and be one of your, can I be counted as one of your hundred million, maybe? Of course. Okay, so you can reduce that. Yeah. Okay, one small step closer. Yes. Whoever's doing your admin, just tell her, tell tell them, mark it down. There's another card carrying deep listener right here. And then Oscar turned the tables by asking us the tough questions. I always ask three questions if you've got time. Yeah, let's go. If we did this all over again, what would have made it more useful for the audience? To see you. Because for me, I was transfixed by just watching what was happening. And I know that that's not listening. But what I was observing was I literally was captivated and I think sometimes that gives the audience a different perspective. Obviously, we're not. We're podcast only. But that for me. Clearly, you have a handle on your material so that there was a lot in there. I mean, if we, you know, once we go back and edit, there's a lot in there that where you've woven a lot of your concepts without naming the concept, which I thought was really good. And, and I knew that because I've read the book, but it's just lovely to see the concept not being named, but see it in action. More of that, I think, would have been, would have been helpful. What's your okay. number two? Number two, what do you, what's the one tip you think the audience will take away and you have to answer differently? So, yeah. KG, you go first and then Paul, and then Paul, you'll get question three, part one, and then we'll sure. finish. The one thing, I'm going to, again, be a bit selfish, and I'm really thinking more from myself than probably the audience, but I think I represent some of the audience. So hopefully that gives you an insight. I think the way that you reframed questions for introverts, that really struck me 
because when you step through the things that introverts need to actually express how they feel, I, I see that in the room when I'm in meetings. I feel that in myself sometimes where you just don't want to talk because you've heard it all before. And the way you helped in your advice on how to break down those barriers with introverts, I think it's going to be a game changer. And, and I know, again, this is me personally, because I think there's so many of us who deal with introverts, but we just don't know how to bring out their natural talents, which is obviously there, but you don't get to get an opportunity to let them be heard. So that's for me. Oh. I loved the subversive nature of the engagement survey critique. So that's something that I think I've, I've heard before, and I think it was from you, Oscar, maybe in, a, in another podcast, but it really resonated once again with me, that notion of, you know, this is optimised for the organisation, it's normalised against a decontextualized, delocalized audience, and therefore I'm surprised anything ever gets done as a result of those surveys, let alone, you know. So the fact that anything does get done is miraculous. That is miraculous. But it's very rare that anything meaningful gets done or anything sustainable gets done. I took that uh, as something, the need to listen to context, the need to spend the time to, in your well, in the case of the engagement surveys, spend the time to customise, spend the time to co-create. But you can clearly extrapolate that to the process of listening. It can be a very co-creative process, and I love that. Thank you. Now, the last question is really simple. The difference between hearing and listening is action. What's the one thing you will do differently as a result of the hour we've spent together today? And it doesn't have to do anything with listening. It could be, but no, I'm just curious. Well, I will play my cards on the table straight away and say... I've been listening to your podcast on and off now for just under a year and I've been monitoring my, (laughs) I was going to say progress, but maybe I'm honouring it too much by saying progress. I have, and just recently, just a couple of days ago, I actually did the um, quiz on your your, um, website and I knew this already, but it's just confirmed that, you know, my, my listening villain, which is something we haven't talked about, so maybe we can bring... Oscar, if he's willing to come back, talk about that. Yeah. But my listening, villain is. my listening villain is the lost, that sort of lost mind. You know, the, I have a very busy mind and I struggle to bring it under control when I'm talking to somebody and listening and trying to listen. So that's something that I've become much more conscious and intentional. I can't see that work. <laughs> stopping anytime soon that is certainly a, a continuous work in progress being able to be able to focus and being mindful when my mind begins to wander so that I could just kind of bring it back to what's mm. happening so for me it's continuing that work of being intentionally focused but also not not whipping myself if I do get distracted because as you say we should be mindful that we are going to get distracted and act accordingly so that's what I'm taking away. That's what I'm going to continue doing. I like it. Does that answer your question, Oscar? There's, there's no correct answer. <laughs> I didn't, KG, I didn't you, ask what? if it was the right answer. I simply asked <laughs> if it answered the question. KG, what about for you? For me, two things. If I have to choose one, it's going to be 
deal with my son in a different way because I think <laughs> your example of that was a good of, one of I gotta tell you that was brilliant the conversation is so um, yeah it, it, I think it'll be helpful I sometimes know that we're talking two different languages and I don't necessarily recognize it enough and to just reframe it in a way that really helps him articulate what's in his thinking is really what I, I, I think it's the first action that I'll take. That's going to happen as soon as I get home. So I'm going <laughs> to be able to participate in that right away. And the other is, uh, like we talked about earlier, as far as introverts, I think that's a thing that for me has been in the team that I'm dealing with recently. It's something that I have to figure out. And I think you've just given me some keys that I'll try to use within that context to, to help figure out how we can really bring the introverts out into the space that they should be to communicate better and give us all those keys that we know they have somewhere deep inside. Thank you. So that was a level three and four listening exercise for me to make sure I'm tuning for the next time mm, yeah. I come on to talk about villains or anything else. Yeah. So I get a better insight for the audience and for you and all of that. I've done 180 odd of these now, and I would put down these last three questions to why my stuff really punches through when, when we're on mic. I love it. Right. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I will let you go and get to dinner and to your sons and families. Thanks for listening. Yeah, Thanks, thank Oscar. You. That's it for our show today. If you like what we do, if we like our conversations, if you want to hear more about what we do, please rate us, review us, subscribe, tell your friend, your family, your enemies, tell everybody you know. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback. If there's any particular leadership topic that you'd like to hear about or want us to explore, please let us know. We'd really appreciate that. And come back next time.